Well, good morning again. It's good to see each all each uh, each of you guys here this morning. I am uh, excited to be back with you one uh, again. And uh, if you don't mind, let's pray together, and we'll we'll just uh, see what God's word where it leads us and and how far He takes us this morning. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your love, and thank you for your word, and thank you for heavenly sunlight that that you flood into our lives. God, thank you that um, that you truly uh, are everything that we need and God I pray that as we open your word God may be may we be opening it in such a way that that honors you that pleases you and that that ultimately at the end of today God we will be totally different because we've had an encounter with you not because we gathered with each other and not because we uh, sang songs not because we listened to a sermon but God because we truly honestly sincerely met with the Savior who wants to grow and change us so God do that in our lives today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, a, little, a little look under the hood of my life. Um, uh, some things that, that I really enjoy uh, doing are, there's three things. One is we, my wife and I made a, um, a pact when we got married that we were going to date each other as long as we were alive. And so we're 31 years into our marriage and we have a date night every single week. And uh, it is just, it's a, it's a great and fun time. And in all of that time, we, um, we have, I've always kind of been there, but I think I've kind of brought my wife over to the side of we really love movies. And it's something that is part of, we do that a lot. We go to a movie quite a bit. And so um, I am slowly indoctrinating her into what life really should be. So, uh, so 31 years in, we, we've hit a lot of movies in our, in our lives. And uh, another big passion of mine, so I love to date my wife. I love movies. And the other passion in, in my life is sports. I, I love, love sports. And uh, um, I, I grew up playing them all and being bad at them, at them all. I was not ever good at anything, but I truly enjoyed every one of them. And I, watch, I love watching them. I love um, I'm a fantasy sports guy, you know. I'm always playing something. Uh, I, I just really enjoy it. It's a it's it's a great a great fun of my a, a, a great deal of fun in my life. It's a good stress reliever, whatever. Uh, but I enjoy those things. And so, um, one of my all time favorite movies has to be a sports movie because I'm combining all this stuff together at once. And so, one of I mean, I, I really most most sports movies kind of kind of get me going. I like that. There's, some, there's something in them that I like. But uh, one particular movie back in the early 90s, maybe you heard the movie uh, Rudy. Uh, it's a story about a very small uh, guy that was not very good at football uh, that ended up in a place at Notre Dame where he really shouldn't have been, uh, to be honest. I can relate to this story because every team I ever played on, I was always the last guy. You know, I was always that guy that was just, oh, well, let's get Kirk in because I guess we ought to play him, you know. Uh, that was always my role. Um, but Rudy's story, if you if you know this story at all, I'll go fast through it, but Rudy graduated high school, and his one goal in life was to play football at the University of Notre Dame. Again, he was not... He was not equipped to do that. He was not built to do that. He was not designed to do that, but he had a desire to do that. And so, again, to make a two-hour movie into a, a one-minute illustration, um, he, uh, he went to junior college just so that he could get into Notre Dame. He couldn't even make it into Notre Dame on his, on his own grades and just couldn't get there. And so he went to junior college to, to try to get to the place where he could get to Notre Dame. He finally does. <clears throat> 
he works hard, he, he, he gets his grades where they need to be, and he finally gets accepted at Notre Dame. He becomes an equipment manager because he couldn't make the football team. He just, there's no way he can make the football team, one of the finest football teams, uh, one of the fo- football programs in the country. There's, so he was equipment manager. Uh, one day he's out uh, just running some drills with them just because he was there and ended up, they put him on the practice team, which was a huge thing. And you know the story, on and on and on. And he grows and he builds and he finally gets to the place where the coach says, I'm going to put you in. I'm going to let you play. You're going to be on the team. I'm going to let you dress out and you're going to get to play. And then the coach leaves and he's left with this promise of nothing because now this new coach doesn't know anything about the promise. Well, again, you know the story. The, the team kind of takes over and says, hey, well, you need to let this guy play. And very last game of his, of his senior year, they let him dress out. And, and the, he, the very last of the, of, the, uh, of the game, the game is kind of out of hand at this point. And the, the, uh, the football players there with him, are, they, they love Rudy so much, they start chanting his name trying to get him in the game. And the, the chant goes across the entire stadium, and they're all the stadium are chanting, Rudy, 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 and they finally put him in. And not only does he get in the game, he, he doesn't even know where to play, and he just jumps out there somewhere, and he rushes the quarterback and ends up uh, sacking the quarterback, causing a fumble, and it's just this heroic ending to a football game for this guy, and it was his shining moment in life. And... And I, I, of course, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a big crier, but I'm close at this point. And, and uh, it's just, a, it's an exciting, wonderful story that we all wish would happen to us, right? Don't we? Don't we wish that we had that, that something in our lives where we could say, you know, I went from nothing to everything. And I just turned that corner. And, and, and in a spiritual life, I went from nothing. And God blessed it in such a way that everybody knows how great this wonderful big thing is that's in my life. And, you know, God does bless us. And God does love on us. And God does give us all the things that we need. First Peter says that he gives us all that we need for, uh, for life and godliness. We, we get this stuff. It just may not look like a story of Rudy. So this morning... I want to talk through the idea of preparing for that moment that we don't know if it's ever going to come or not. We don't know. Rudy really didn't know that he would ever actually play, much less be a hero. And, oh, by the way, he was carried out on his on the shoulders of the players. And they say in this at, during the time of the movie that that's never happened since. Uh, I don't know if that's true now or not. It's been a few years since that movie came out, but... Uh, he was the hero, and it was an exciting time. So, um, I, so this this idea of waiting and how do we live our lives in the waiting is, is something I wanted to just kind of tackle this morning. We spend a ton of our life in waiting. Did you know that the average wait time at the doctor? If you go to the doctor, you're going to sit in the waiting room or in some room uh, for a, an average of 32 minutes when you go to the doctor, and they tell you to get there 15 or 20 minutes early. So you could probably add that to it too. Uh, you're going to spend uh, 28 minutes. You go to the airport in Little Rock. You're going to spend 28 minutes just getting through the security. We're going to wait 28 minutes. You're going to wait 21 minutes. Here's my date night. You're going to wait 21 minutes on average for someone to get ready to leave your house. And that's typically not me. I'm not going to dog on my wife, but I'm not going to call her out. But 21 minutes would actually probably be a good night for us. So 21 minutes waiting on someone uh, to get ready to go out. 
on, on average, over a year's time, you're going to spend 30, um, you're, you're going to spend 13 hours on the phone waiting on hold for customer service. Have y'all ever called AT&T? Yeah, 30, 13 hours is probably being kind. Um, 38 hours of year, a, a year people spend in traffic, like bumper-to-bumper traffic. I'm not sure how that, that looks in, in this part of the world, but in Little Rock, driving from Little Rock to Bryant at 5 o'clock, yes, 38 hours is, is pretty easy. Um, so waiting, what do you do in the waiting? How do you spend your time in the waiting? Let's jump over to Isaiah chapter 9 this morning. Um, when I was here back in December, um, this is kind of part two of a sermon I did back in December. So I'm sure everyone remembers exactly what I said uh, back then. Thank you. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I said. Um, in, in Isaiah chapter 9, if you jump down to verse 6, it's the classic Christmas verse of uh, that, that his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, and Everlasting Father. And we broke that down into personality types, if you'll remember that. And we said that these three, these four personality types are what we all are. We're usually one or a combination of two, but God calls himself all four of the personality types. In other words, he's everything that we need. So at the end of our wait... We're going to start in verse 2. So by verse 6, by the end of our wait, we are going to have everything that we need because God is going to send his son. That's a little bit of a a precursor to what we're going to be learning this morning. So Isaiah chapter 9, and just one verse in in verse 2. We're going to look at this this morning and break this verse down for us. Um, I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version, the ESV, so it may be just a tad different from what you're looking at. But uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2 says this, says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. Those who walked in darkness, people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness have had their light, have had a light shine on them. You know, if you look back over uh, all of the, um, the progression of your Bible, you'll, you'll see where times were, there were, there were periods, huge periods, great periods of waiting and what the Israelites and the, and the Hebrew people and even the New Testament people thought were just, was just darkness. I mean, God's not speaking. He's not moving. We don't have this heavenly sunlight that we sang about a while ago. It's, everything is just dark. Um, when, when God was ever present, was very present with Adam and Eve. If you'll read that story sometime, God was very present. He knew exactly where Adam and Eve were, what they were doing, what they were thinking, while, what they were, when they were choosing to, uh, to, to do the wrong things. God was right there with them. And then he kind of, he kind of goes quiet right after that. And he kind of resurfaces. I mean, God's always there, but the big moments of the Bible, there's 500 years between Adam and Eve and the story of Noah, where God actually speaks again to Noah and says, build an ark. Um, and then there's about 500 more years between Noah and Abraham, when God appears to Abraham and starts talking to Abraham, saying, hey, I want you to, uh, you're going to be the father of a great nation. There's these periods of darkness. There's 500 more years after Abraham uh, until we get to Moses at Mount Sinai when God gives him the Ten Commandments and kind of lays out the law and all the things that we're going to do. And he goes silent again. 
or what we perceive as being silent as far as the Bible goes. And it's 1,500 more years after that. Now, God is speaking uh, to the minor prophets, to the major prophets. He's speaking to David. He's speaking to Saul. He's speaking to the, the, the other people that we have in the, in, the, in the latter part of the Old Testament. But he's not really doing anything necessarily, right? He's not building arcs, and he's not giving the Ten Commandments. He's not establishing uh, the Garden of Eden. He's not necessarily doing anything that we can see and say that God's doing this, but he's speaking, and he's, he is communicating with these prophets. Uh, it's usually bad stuff. You know, most of the minor prophets, it's, it's doom and gloom, and it's, boy, if you guys don't shape up, you're going to get in trouble. Uh, but then 1,500 years after, after Moses, the law that was given to Moses, 1,500 years a baby was born, and we called him Jesus, and he changed everything. Waiting is a part of what God has not just put in the Bible, but he has put into us. And this waiting and this enduring, uh, it's very, very important. But if we don't do it right, it's going to seem like darkness. And it's going to seem very, very difficult because it is. Darkness is a very, very hard thing. So let's break this verse down. The first part of this verse says, the people who dwelled, uh, the people who walked in darkness. Walked in darkness. Can you, do you think, you don't have to answer this out loud, but do you think we're living in a dark time right now? I mean, my goodness. Uh, I have never seen the cultural divide um, that we have right now in our world, not just in our country, but in our world, the cultural divide is just, I, I, it's almost out of control in my mind. The racial divide that we have in this country alone is staggering. Um, the, the simple fact that uh, we are so racially divided and our leadership, the different various forms of our leadership, um, maybe they're trying to help, but really, ultimately, the racial divide is only getting worse because we're not being led very well as well. And I'm not pointing fingers at any of our po- political leaders. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I think sometimes when you try to address issues, they sometimes bring up more issues. And so the darkness in that area is getting darker. We have gender confusion. We, we are allowing children to make up their own minds as to what gender they want to be. That, that I could stay there for a little while too, but that just really makes no sense to me. Uh, and the fact that there are adults applauding things like this, it just makes me feel like we're in darkness, uh, really deep in darkness. We have um, sexual orientation confusion. What what sexual orientation attraction confusion? What what you know? Who am I supposed to love, and who am I supposed to be uh, intimate with, and and and. and and all this stuff just makes me feel like we're in darkness. Um, and and uh, we, we, have, um, we have, in my world right now, um, <clears throat> my children and my friends that are in my bubble, their children are in stages of life where they can't have children. And so I'm kind of in that pre-grandfather stage of my life. And so, And a lot of people in my bubble are. And I am, I, I, it is staggering at the number of, of, I call them kids, they're in their 20s, but it's staggering the number of children that cannot have children right now. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but in my circle, I, I can tell you of five, five young couples who cannot have children right now. 
And I have no we have no idea why. It's various things, just different things that are going on. We have no idea why these things are, and it just creates darkness, and it creates, um, it, it creates a fog and a dampness over our lives, and it is just staggering. It's difficult. It's very, very hard. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read this to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 22 says this, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from the sin and suffering, darkness. And we too, listen to this, we too wait with eager hope for the day when God gives us our full rights as his adopted children, including a new body that he has promised us. We, we are, our bodies, our lives, our country, our lands are groaning for God. It is dark. It is very, very dark. It kind of makes me, uh, it, it kind of makes me, uh, be able to relate a little bit back with, uh, when, when, when God sent the plagues onto Egypt. And there was a plague of darkness. Remember this? And in that plague of darkness, I love how the, the, the writer, assumingly Moses, and we can talk about that too, but the writer of the first five books of the Bible uh, points out that this was a darkness, he says, that you could feel. It's dark. And I'm telling you, in our country right now, in your, perhaps even in your own personal life, in a more specific way, your life is dark. My life is dark can potentially be dark and it is a darkness that you can feel it's oppressive um, there's a study done in 1962 by a french geologist his name was michael siffer or if i'm not french so it's probably not pronounced siffer but it's s-i-f-f-r-e it's probably siffre or something i'm not very good at stuff like that but uh, in 1962 he did this study um he found a a cave that was so deep into the earth that no light could get in. And his study, and I don't know how he found people to do this, but his study was he would send a single person down there and let them stay for a month. He would ask them to go down there and stay for a month in this hole with no light. Number one, no, um, thank you, but no. Um, but the people that he did, they, they found a couple of things that I found very, very curious. Um, a, couple of, a, a couple of occurrences happened. One was they totally lost, um, they totally lost any form of uh, sleep pattern in their life. Um, I think we're designed to be asleep at night be awake during the day unless you're a third shifter and then but you have your still the the light makes it to where we're supposed to sleep and not sleep and so they lost total track of that they had no i mean there was no telling how how they were sleeping whether they were sleeping for two hours and then waking for an hour and a half and going back to sleep they had it just they lost all pattern in that but the other thing that i think that i found very very curious every single one of them that went through this test when this when this uh, geologist would go back down and talk to them, at the end of the month, they stay down there a month, at the end of the month, every single one of them said, I had no idea it had been a month already. I felt like it was a week. I felt like it was a couple of days. I, I had no earthly idea 
that I had been down here for 30 days. It makes no sense at all. That's what darkness does to us. It creates confusion in our lives. And, it, and it, it hurts us so much, and we focus so much on the darkness that time and life just passes us by because we are focused so much on how am I going to make it in this darkness. But, listen to the second part of this verse. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. They have seen a great light. When you walk into this room, let's say you walk into this room tonight at, at 9 o'clock after the sun is going down. You step into this room, what's the very first thing you're going to do? Look for a light switch, right? You're going to, I mean, you probably know where that is, your church. You're, and so you're going to reach for that light switch. You're in the middle of the night and you're roaming around. The first thing you're going to do is look for a light. Those who have wandered in darkness have seen a great light because they're looking for a great light. They want a great light. They want the light to shine so that they can get out of the darkness. Because that darkness is, is debilitating. That darkness is, is handcuffing. It is, it is something that we don't want in our lives. But yet, so many times, we choose not to climb out of our darkness. Because we don't maybe even realize we're in the darkness. So let's shift our gears to that great light. Waiting is a part of life. Matthew 11, or let's go back to our, our Old Testament and how, how, how our, our waiting was all part of this. In, in Matthew chapter 11, uh, John the Baptist shows up on the scene and he's baptizing people and everybody's kind of getting excited that, that John the Baptist is here. And they go to him in verse 3 in, in Mark chapter 11, and, or Matthew chapter 11, sorry, and they say, Are you the one that we've been waiting on? Are you the one that we've been waiting on? They've been living in darkness. They've been waiting on this light. Uh, David was chosen to be king as a child, pretty much. And he had to wait until the time was exactly right for him to become that king. Uh, Abraham was promised children on top of children, on top of children. As many as the stars were in the sky, he was promised that. But he had to wait. And Abraham, as you may know, did not wait well. Uh, in his in his waiting, but waiting is a part of life, and we have to fight back at the waiting. Um, Henry Blackaby, uh, the the writer of the uh, of the study and the series, started off as a book of experiencing God, and in part of experiencing God, Henry Blackaby gives this um, this illustration of 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 what life kind of is, and so if you could if you could just picture a circle. And, and at the very top of that circle is where we will be right now. Okay, we're at the top of the circle. And we are in a, in a pattern of waiting in our lives. Until, if you think of it like a clock, if you can look at it like a clock, let's go all the way over to 9 o'clock. I guess if I'm going this way with you all, huh? Let's go all the way over to 9 o'clock. So you have waited for three-fourths of, of a particular time. And at 9 o'clock... There's this calling of God for you to go do something. Maybe something really small. Maybe uh, uh, it may be something very small. Maybe something a little bit bigger. Maybe something huge, like Rudy did. But it's a, it's a calling of God, and you spend from nine o'clock to twelve o'clock executing that call that God gave you, and then after that, you're back waiting again. And that's what life is. 
God calls us to certain things in our lives and at certain moments in our lives. Sometimes there are one day and the next day he calls us to two different things. Sometimes it's he calls me to this and then three years later he calls me to go do something else. And it may be something big, something small, whatever it happens to be. We have to learn to be good stewards in the waiting, in that waiting period. Are you growing? Are you changing? Are you doing the things that God wants you to do to prepare for that calling that he's going to give you in your life? No matter what that calling might be, it might be as large as going to Africa and becoming a, a missionary, or it could be as small as stepping across the street and asking the people across the street, y'all, are y'all doing okay? Is everything okay over here? It may be as small as that, but in that, in that waiting, that three-fourths of that time waiting, we have got to be good stewards of that waiting or else life becomes very, very dark. And our life can become very, very bleak. In James chapter 1, um, a very classic verse in James chapter 1 that talks about um, uh, that trials come upon us and, 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 and darkness comes upon us um, so that we can have the opportunity for great joy so that God can increase our endurance and that endurance can increase patience and that patience can become, um, it, it can become um, um, uh, faith. In our lives, and as that faith grows, then God can, will, can, can use us. And when that when that time comes, when He's going to call us, um, that's James. James is the half brother of Jesus, right? He's the one that uh, he he. This was his own little idea, and it's really I thought was really the only place that that was talked about in the New Testament. Well, a few months ago, I, I came across another spot. Actually, just a few weeks ago, I came across something else in Romans chapter five. Would you turn to Romans chapter five with me? Um, and it's, you're gonna, it's gonna sound very much like what James just said, but it's not James. It's Paul. It's somebody else. But he says almost the exact same thing, but he ends it in a way that I want you to hear this morning. James chapter 5. James chapter 5, beginning in verse 3. Listen to this. Uh, I'm reading from the New Living Translation for this, uh, for this particular part. It says this, says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Let me rephrase that. We can enjoy, rejoice too when life gets dark. All right, what are, don't answer this out loud, but what are your problems and trials? Now, I can, we can talk about the countries we just did and all the weirdness that's going on in our country right now, but what about you? What about in your life? Uh, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials and darkness. Is that, I mean, is it health trials? Is it financial trials? Is it family drama trials? Is it, I don't know what it might be in your life, but you know, you can rejoice when you run into those things. Listen to this, the second part of verse three. For we know that they help develop endurance. Endurance, that's the exact same word, and it's the exact same Greek word that James uses over in James chapter one that I just read as well. We know that, uh, we know that when we run into problems and trials, darknesses, we know that they help us produce endurance. Verse 4 says, endurance produces strength of character. All right, so you got a problem, you got darkness, that produces endurance. Endurance produces strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence in hope of salvation. You see, this is all the purpose of your life. 
First uh, First uh, Thessalonians chapter four says says that this is God's will for you that you become or that you be sanctified. In other words, the will for God in your uh, God's will for you in your life is that you become more like Jesus every day. His will for you is not that you will be carried off the field like Rudy was on someone's shoulders because of the great things that you've done in your life. His will for you is that you will be prepared to be carried off on on people's shoulders. You see, Rudy, this whole time in this movie, Rudy was preparing. He was training. He never gave up. He never lost hope. He allowed that endurance to cover his life, and he kept moving forward. When no one was around to help him work out, he worked out. When no one was around to help him run drills, he ran drills. He, whatever it took to be available for him to be used at the football team, he did it. And my friends, that is how you cover darkness in your life. You keep moving forward and you're growing your faith and you're becoming more like Jesus every day. The greatest way to combat darkness in your life is to become more like Jesus. The only way to become more like Jesus is to spend time with him. And that's not just coming to church. Church is a wonderful thing. I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you guys are consistent and faithful. That's fantastic. But if your life is not being played out every single day, connecting with God, then that time that you're spending from, from noon to 9 o'clock is wasted time because you're not preparing for that moment when God says, Now, I got something for you. See, when Rudy got the call, now, get in the game, he's ready. Now, he was ready. Now, he may not have been the most talented guy, the biggest guy, the strongest, the fastest, but he was ready. He was ready to go. Because of this, I hope you still have your Bibles open. If not, I'll read this to you. Because of this, listen to this, and this is, I just, this changed my life. I mean, this, I just fell in love with this verse. Listen to this in verse 5. Let me read the whole thing again. Let's build up. So back in verse 3, it says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials and those darknesses that we have. For we know that they help us produce endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence and hope in salvation. Verse 5, And this hope will not lead us to disappointment. My friends, if you grow and change and become more like Jesus, this verse, this is not me promising you this. This is God's word promising you. If you grow and change, become more like Jesus in that waiting period, in that dark period of your life, you will not be disappointed. Now, you may not be carried off the field on someone's shoulders. That may not be how God ends your story. That may not be how God ends this cycle of him calling you to something. But I promise you, you will not be disappointed that you're more like Jesus. When we make, well, we talked about this last week. When we make easy decisions in our life to follow and please ourselves, our life becomes hard. When we make hard decisions in our life to grow and change and become more like Jesus, our life becomes easier because of this verse. We're becoming more like Jesus, and we will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed the more you become like Jesus. Uh, I alluded a moment ago to uh, some people in our bubble who are having trouble becoming uh, parents. Um, this time last year, I, I wish I knew the exact day, but it was shortly after the first of the year, um, we 
some of our the people in my bubble, we got together and we said, we're going to pray over some very difficult things this year in 2022. We're going to pray over the. We made a list. And so everybody in this circle came up with something that they needed or wanted God to do in 2022. And we prayed boldly for these things on this list. And one of them was my niece is one of the ones in these in this circle that cannot is, is having trouble having a, a, a child. And so she had, she and her husband had tried things for the last three or four years and just nothing, nothing seems to be helping and working. And so we began to pray and, and uh, they also are foster parents. And so there's, there's things going on in their, in their home quite, quite a bit. He's a student pastor and I mean, there's, they're busy, busy people and they're very connected to God and everything's in, in their spiritual life. It's good, but we were just so wanting this to happen in their lives. So we all gathered around and we, we were pray, we prayed uh, consistently over the course of the, of the entire year in 2022 for, for that and for several other things. Um, the 28th of this month last year, January 28th, they began fostering um, another little girl. Like I said, they, that was a pretty common thing. And, um, and so we're continuing to pray. You know, we have plenty of time. You know, we don't necessarily even have to have the baby this year, God, as long as we can say, hey, she's going to have a baby. You know, you got plenty of time here, God. And on uh, December the 10th of this year, God gave us them. I'm part of the family, so I can say us. But God gave us something that we can say we are not disappointed because God did something great. And it was a... Uh, an adoption gotcha day for this little girl that came into their lives just two weeks after we began to pray. Now, that's not what we were praying. You understand the darkness in their life. We were praying, this is what we need, God. We need a baby. We need a pregnancy. We need, this is what we need. This is what we were very specifically praying for. And God said, you know what? If you'll continue to pray and you'll continue to seek me, you'll continue to grow, you'll continue to change, you'll be, continue to become more like me, I'm not going to disappoint you. And he did not. And this little girl is the sweetest little thing, and she's perfect for this family, and she fits right in. And God said, you wanted this, but you needed this. You will not be disappointed. And my friends, if you are living in darkness right now, if you're personally living in darkness, I cannot promise you that God is going to answer your prayer perfectly, exactly like what you're praying. But I can promise you this. The way he chooses to answer you will not disappoint you. It may end in, it, it, your prayer may end in, in such a way that, that life is lost, uh, that um, the way you're praying doesn't turn out to be exactly what God does. But what God chooses to do in you, you will not be disappointed. Because you will be more like Jesus on that day. And that is not a disappointing thing. It is not a disappointing thing. My friends, work, grow, change, become more like Jesus in the darkness. Because there's a moment coming when he's going to say, I need you in the game right now. And if you're not ready, you're going to regret it. So my friends... Grow, change, become more like Jesus. Don't let that darkness win because it can be incredibly dark and com incredibly confusing. In that time that goes by, I don't know if you've ever had a, a time of depression or anxiety or struggle in your life that was so heavy. Time goes by and people change and you get out of contact with other people because that darkness has covered you.
Don't let that happen. Start today and make the resolution today that I'm going to be more in God's word this, this year. I'm going to be more in prayer this year. I'm going to be more in touch with my neighbors and my friends, and I want to pray for them, pray over them. I want to be more like Jesus in 2023 than I was in 2022. Let's pray together, and we will uh, dismiss this morning. God, thank you for this incredible word that you have given to me. Whether anybody else resonates with it or not, God, I needed to hear that if I continue to please you, to honor you, to grow and become more like you, that I will not be disappointed with that. So, God, thank you. And, Lord, I pray that as, as we continue to, to, to ponder that whole thought and that notion of, of what is my life and how am I becoming more like Jesus. And, Lord, I, I thank you that as I do, I know I have this promise in my life. And I know that I can lean on you and allow you to become the light in my darkness. So, God, thank you for that. Lord, I pray that these folks will feel the same, they'll grow the same, and that we will become more like you every single day, God, so that we can tell other people about you. God, thank you again for them giving up their time this morning, being here. I pray that you bless that back to them. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Thank you, guys.